0: Welcome to Growing Up Fire with Jamie Coots, Seahawk, it is our commitment to you that you have complete access to the top professionals, industry experts, and products for your fire service. We stand by the service and products we provide. We are proud of our past and we are constantly listening to our customers and exploring new ways to bring better options to the fire service. This is Seahawk. High level, safety, service, security. Please visit our website at www.seahawkservice.ca or give us a call at 1-888-791-4210. Welcome to Grown Up Fire, Season 3, Episode 17. Can't believe we're there already. Here with Sarah Coots, my daughter. How you doing?
1: I'm doing okay. You Not got
0: uh, talked into another podcast?
1: Yeah, it's been a while since we've been here, but I'm excited. <laughs> I am.
0: Emergency Management Coordinator, Wheatland Regional Emergency Management Partnership.
1: Yes. All right.
0: So what? Uh, tell us a little bit about that. What's the job all about?
1: Yeah, some big things going on there. So basically, there was an emergency management plan, but there wasn't really anything to go with it. There was a start of a partnership, but nobody really to push it forward and and make it kind of what we've created now. So when I... I don't know, like a year and a half ago, which is crazy to think about, started with Strathmore. We decided to kind of push forward with the regionalization on some stuff, right? So we created this Wheatland Regional Emergency Management Partnership that kind of includes the town of Strathmore, the city of Chestmere, as well as Wheatland County, and brought all of our resources together. So it was kind of this cool thing that just allowed us to build with each other, yeah, I guess. It's,
0: yeah. it's kind of neat for a city of Chesmere. We're only we've only been in for maybe half a year now, or whatever. And uh, for me, it's kind of cool because you go and and so the town of Strathmore, like fifteen thousand people, and they're you know have some similarities to us. You go to Wheatland County, and it's spread out all over. And then you know there's representation from the villages all there. There's what three small villages that are a part of it as well, and. So it's kind of, you got everything from this almost 30,000 person city right down to, you know, 200 person village. And so it's kind of neat to be part of. We get to uh, get the benefits of being in a partnership without having to have our own full time everything. But because we started late, it's kind of weird. Like we're way behind everyone trying to catch up, right?
1: Yeah, it's been really cool to see there are other regional partnerships even close to us, but it's just been exciting to see the differences that our partnership kind of bring to the table. So it's been interesting.
0: So it's been kind of fun. Like, uh, you you know, we're a fire family. You you grew up a fire kid. You know, your brother's a captain of the fire department up in Slave. Your mom works with our company growing up fire and has been working with fire departments as long as I can remember now. And uh, you were kind of like, I'm in, I'm out, I'm in, I'm out. It's funny. And then all of a sudden, hey, I want to go to Nate and take the emergency management program.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Came out of left field. Hey. (sighs)
0: But it's kind of cool. Like you, you're now kind of in the family business and, you know, we use you with our uh, consulting stream that we have and you go to all these places. And now it's like I go to meetings and people are like, oh, have you met Sarah? Sarah does this for us and that for us. And I don't know. It's a little bit like I'm in your shadow now when we go to some of these meetings, which is
1: well, I don't uh, know all that hilarious <laughs> for me,
0: but uh also great to see you kind of excelling and, and doing it. You've been taking a few fire classes here and there as you kind of progress through.
1: So to be honest, like I think about this from time to time and I don't even really know how I fell into this. I don't know how it ended up on my lap, but I'm happy that I got here. <laughs>
0: so, subliminal messaging. I was, yeah. I was sending you messages. <laughs>
1: Thank you. Thank you for that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know, like if I told you guys I was going to apply, like... I remember getting the acceptance letter and screenshotting it and sending it to you guys in a text message, literally. And that's how this journey started. So yeah, it was crazy to um, just get to learn and go through the program. Like Nate was great. Definitely gave me a lot of like base knowledge that I needed, that I had no idea what I was getting into. Right. And I was lucky enough to have the connection to the family business and kind of get to do some of that consulting while I was learning. So I got some experience in education and kind of at the same time, which a lot of people don't get to do. Right. Yeah. The hands-on part. Yeah. So um, that definitely set me up for success. And then I kind of just stumbled upon Dave, which I love for me. (laughs) And the rest is it's crazy to think that it's literally been a year and a half of,
0: of yeah, that. It's uh, for me, I always think back to your school time as, uh, you know, it's like school, right? It's a whirlwind up, down, you know, it's easy, oh, yeah. it's hard, it's crazy. But for your mom and I, it was always fun because you would ask us questions and we'd be like, oh crap, I don't know the answer. We have to research these questions. Or you'd call me up and, you know, read me a paragraph. Say, How does that sound? I was like, Good, I guess. Yeah. I don't. I'm more of an operational guy. They they send me to the field. They don't put me in an ECC all the time. And and so uh, as you went to school, it was fun. I I feel like it was a learning process for us as well, where we could have these kind of deep discussions about emergency management and go, oh God, maybe I don't know as much as I think I know. And I won't lie to you. When I was up in Grand Prairie helping with the county of Grand Prairie fire this year, and I was in you know, the incident command post, which was kind of being run like an ECC, but there was also an ECC and there was another command post. And, and uh, as this whole confusing thing was going on, I was like, these lessons that you and I had talked about kept popping back into my head. And it was just kind of a cool thing, right? It's like, how, how could I help here? How could I talk some people through this stuff? And so you didn't even know you helped me, but you did, you know, and then I think back to, you know, a little 11 year old Sarah and in uh, 2011 during the fires and and uh you know you're just a little kid running around the fire hall scared our town's burning down and do you remember some of the jobs that you got while you were there
1: Some, yeah. I mean, the famous sandwich story, of Ah, course. There's a
0: ton of people right now. Just started laughing.
1: I know. Like, (laughs) if you don't know it, then I just like we're not even gonna go there. I'm sure it's on (laughs) like two of the episodes, (laughs) (laughs) right? The pet care. I mean, I was young. There was a lot of helping
0: out with the other little kids that were around there. Yeah. Right.
1: keeping busy with whatever jobs they kind of tasked me to get out of the way with that I can see more clearly now. But
0: then, uh, you know, kind of fast forward and you were working for the municipal district. I think I was done with slave by then. And I was just kind of working from home doing the consulting stuff. And uh, but your brother was still on the fire department and uh, Martin Beach flooded. And so it was kind of cool because I, I would hear you guys talking and it's like, I'm not involved for like this, is like the first time in my life, I'm not involved in some disaster that's going on. And I'm hearing stories. I'm hearing stories from you from the ECC and people calling in and I'm hearing stories from Ryan about having to go out there in boats. And it was like the first time in my life I was like, hey, wait a minute around here. I tell the stories. Mm-hmm. Right. And so do you remember some of those conversations during that
1: yeah, well it's just crazy to think that like that was like the first time I ever took ICS 100, like I'd got put through scribe training, like those were like probably one of my first moments of like, oh, this is emergency management, you know? <laughs> yeah, like that's right. so it's 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 kind of crazy to think about that portion, but it was like one of the first times that I dealt with Ryan like on the job, right? Like he came in for briefings in the office. That was cool to be a part of and get to see. I think that I got drug in in a lot of those places, right? Helped with reception centers, were part of evacuees, all of that probably created this little bubble in the back of my head that I didn't want to think about right until I was like a receptionist at an accounting firm and knew I didn't want to stay there forever. Right.
0: Got a real job. Didn't like it.
1: Yeah, exactly. (laughs) It was like, Oh shit. What made me feel cooler than this? I guess. Right. It's cool. When I think about that, it's the first of, of the big stuff that I was really a part of really had a job and a role for. So
0: it's just something I can remember getting that text that, you know, you're accepted and she's going to Nate and and uh, going to take emergency management. And I was like, wow, that's uh, you know, it's still kind of in the family business, but not fully in the family business. You know, what, what turned out was no, it's fully in the family business. Like we have all these conversations about what's going on. And t- you know, tonight we're going to talk about the fire in Hawaii and what's going on in Northwest territories and kind of how the whole season went as far as emergency management goes. It's fun because yesterday I shot out in the socials that, uh, you know, Hey, I got to do a podcast. I don't know what to talk about. Send me some stuff. And it's always cool to get a whole bunch of messages from all over the place. And they're always, they always kind of follow the news that's going on. Right. Yeah. And so it was fun to be able to say, Hey, what, why don't we just sit down together and, and do this podcast, right? We can come at it from EM firefighting, put it all together, sprinkle a little fire smart, probably on the top yeah. to, to call it good <laughs> and, and uh, just do it. So yeah, it's cool. It's fun. So you talked a little bit about what pushed you towards the career, right? As you're taking it though, right? You're going through and we're right. You're taking this course while COVID is on, right? And so you don't get to go to class and it's not, uh, everything's online.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Don't even bring me back to that. That was quite like something I've never experienced, which I'm sure goes for a lot of people, but it was interesting because everything emergency management is like, coordination with other people and working together, right? Putting our heads together to make a plan. It's really hard to do that over emails and Teams messaging, right? There was a lot of like FaceTime calls and Zoom meetings, group projects that like I literally have to this day never met a person that I worked with in any of my group chats or group uh, projects with in person, right? So, That's interesting. But I think that it also taught me a lot. And I was able to translate that into kind of some of the things that we have to do for society now with electronics and the new normal that we kind of live in since COVID. So as hard and weird as it was... There's always something, right? The silver lining, I guess. <laughs> it's
0: funny because I think back to the first, uh, you know, what is this Zoom meeting you talk about? And yeah. what what is Teams and, and Google Meet and all the, And I was like, what? well, I don't want to do this. This is never. And now it's just like normal business every day to click on and have a quick Teams chat. And it's so hilarious to me. Obviously, I was challenged you know, even by FaceTime yeah. and things like that. But, you know, it, it did, it changed everything, you know, talking about having a virtual ECC and yeah. all of this stuff is, uh, is crazy. Right. So yeah, I got your training through Nate. I think it was a good program. I heard you talk about it so much and um, always felt bad for you because you didn't get to go see their cool ECC setup that they have. And
1: yeah, still haven't made it out to see that, but it is on the the list of things I need to do, but Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it was interesting because it was, you know, we had all these things in place for us to use and for us to do, and we didn't get to. And it wasn't like, well, we could just meet up for coffee and whatever, talk to the group after. Like, no, people weren't going for coffee, right? Like, it was online, online, and, and that was it. So... Yeah. Interesting to say the least.
0: (laughs) It was, it was cool, right? Because as we go through, like you think about, you know, the time we went to the dispatch center up in uh, Halifax, right, Dartmouth, and you know, you got drug along to fire conferences into fire halls and, and uh, get to see all the different things. And then it's funny how it kind of moves along. Then you go on a trip and send me a list of 30 things, fire halls (laughs) you drove by. And uh, you know, we're sending pictures from the, the Halifax uh, government of Nova Scotia and federal ECC, you know, like, look at this. And then like a month later, that thing is activated and Nova Scotia is burning down and people are evacuated. And so it's kind of cool when you Start to in our family, right? The four of us send pictures of all these things like, Have you seen this fire truck? Have you seen this ECC? Look at this document I just found. And we get to, I would say that probably our texts, our family texts are different than most families.
1: Yep, you could say that. <laughs> the group chat sometimes has some interesting discussions that are definitely different than others. <laughs> yeah,
0: you know, started in the spring, like, who, Jamie's here, Ryan's there, Kirsten's doing this and helping with Kaysen. Sarah's going to take off on a family trip in the United States and we're all like, you know, but we all really just want to be helping with the fires and doing our things. And, you know, it was funny, you know, you'd text me and say, how's it going today? And send oh, me some pictures.
1: I was dying. Like I was on like the best trip of my life and I was dying inside. Right. Before I left, I was like, I have to go. Like I'm there. everyone's like, no one's making you. And I'm like, well, I know, but like it's paid for and it's planned. And then the whole time I was like, I should be there. I should have, you know, not gone. It was, yeah, it was a whirlwind.
0: It's hard to watch, right? It's hard to not be part of it. And it's funny, like just right now, as we're recording this, just had some meetings today about, you know, the opportunity to get up to the Northwest territories and stuff. And it's just like, I can't right? like just got back from Vegas and had some fun going to do some work in Manitoba tomorrow, you know, get home and then it's mom's birthday, which I better not miss. Right. And so it just didn't work out. It wasn't in the cards, but you know, before when it was Alberta and it's all burning down and everyone's, you know, you kind of drop everything and go. So it really is hard to watch, right? Had a good chat with Patrick, which everybody knows from Kelowna and all the stuff that's going on in Kelowna. And then, uh, you know, Lahaina, You know, when you were younger as a family, we all went uh, to Lahaina and and so we've been there. And so you look at the pictures and you're like, oh, remember what used to be there? You were talking about the tree, the massive tree that grows up and then over, you know, a dozen different times right in front of the courthouse, which burnt down, the courthouse burnt down. And you just start to think about the chaos, right? And so then I'm thinking about the messages today, right? And some were about fire smart and some were about mental health and some were about fires and some were about the trauma. And, you know, it brought me back to those questions that uh, people always ask, right? So mental health wise, I think that we always succeed. Okay. I guess, because we're part of it, we're in it, we're doing it. You know, every event that's ever impacted us as a family, we were right there swinging, just like everybody else. But then you see these other things start to happen and you see it from a, a different perspective, right? A couple families were going to evacuate Kelowna and they were going to come stay with us. We're in Vegas, but I'm like, just tell me I hit a button on my phone and the doors are unlocked and you're you're in, right? Like, go ahead. You see the the, you know, the panic and, the the fear that they're trying to deal with and how fast it hits. And it flips you back to, oh man, like we, it was bad, you know, it was bad. And slave like, it was bad in forming mary, It was bad up in high level. It was, you know, it was bad this year as I was surrounded by fire multiple times, in multiple places. And, and so, you know, everyone's like, man, aren't, you know, don't you wish you were there? And, and I'm starting to be like, no, no, I don't really wish I was there. Like, you know, I've seen it now I've done it. And, uh, The mental toll, I guess, is kind of what always, you know, when you think back to, let's just pick that big flood, for example, you know, the mental toll it has on you day to day.
1: Yeah, it's super interesting, actually, that you brought this up because this was a big portion of something that we talked uh, in one of the training sessions that we had today, actually. So we talked about mental health, you know, and what it takes for you to be okay to be a person working in an ECC or in an incident, right, boots on the ground, what makes your mental health stable, right? What do you need to be able to do that job? Are you the right person to come in and do that job? Can you handle the chaos? Because it is a fast-paced environment that that not everybody wants to be in the middle of, right? It was a big conversation and uh, it's a conversation that I think everybody needs to have with themselves when they're in this, right? Not everybody Wants to do the job. Not everybody can do the job, and I think that it all goes back to mental health, really.
0: Well, and, and there's just those things. Like I watched some of the you know news conferences over the last week or so, and you know it's uh, there's men and women on there that are crying that are like. These are some of the biggest badass door kicking response people that I've I know that I've ever heard of that I've ever met, and they're breaking down on TV, and you're like, that's just like 100 pure emotion coming out of you. You know, I could be remember in lots of different places having meetings, and it's just like, why am I crying? I don't need to cry. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not a crier. I don't cry, right? And even after Slave Lake, the hugging, right? It's like to this day I'm a hugger, which I don't think I was that much of a hugger before that, right? But uh, you just see that those mental health pieces come out in so many different ways. How do I handle this? How do I, you know, there's still people in Slave Lake you could talk to all these years later, a dozen years later, and you start talking about something that happened that day and they'll be in tears like immediately, right? So those core memories that they have from those days are, are bad, scary ones, right?
1: Yeah. And, you know, that's the tricky part about emergency management is there's so much like scary tied to it that it gets hard for staff, for personnel, for people who are affected by these things, right? It takes a lot to work through and to try to get over. It's a lot of stuff that you're never going to get over, right? It's life changing events every single time.
0: And I think that was like one of the messages that I got today. It was like really reminded me the, you know, stay busy, do what you can where you can. And I never, Until today, I really stopped to think about it from the evacuating people side because I've never been the evacuating people. You know, people are driving out and I'm driving in at Mock Chicken trying to get there and help out or flying in or whatever we're doing. And But when you take a second and take a step back and you start to think about The mental toll on the people that are driving away, right? I always used to think, well, they're safe. What are they worried about? That's great. Just be happy. But they've left everything they own behind. They don't know where they're going. They don't know where they're staying. They don't know where they're going to pay for it all. And as much as everyone acts rich and has fancy stuff, and most people are living paycheck to paycheck, right? Let's just face it. So, you know, to be like, I'm not going to work for the next two weeks and this is going to cost me five thousand dollars for a family of four. How am I going to pay for that? Are big big stressors, right?
1: Yeah. I don't know. You see it a lot. And I think that that's one of the reasons why I love ESS. And I like to, you know, hope that there's good programs in place that we can provide those people with, you know, the services that they need. But it's hard to even get that up and going. Like we have evacuees right now that are coming in from the Northwest Territories into Calgary that you know, lodging is so crammed in the city of Calgary that they might need to extend those things, right? All the way out to Strathmore. That's a crazy amount of people, right? What does that look like for, for all of those people coming in and how many people do you think that is? Like,
0: It makes you think real quick about what if they would have had to evacuate the city of Grand Prairie. 125,000 people. people.
1: And what are you going to do with them, right? <laughs> yeah, it's where, it's a good question people? to ask, right? How are you going to feed them? How are you going to house them? Where are they going to go? It's all these questions that those people need to know, right? They need something. They need the basic needs. They need shelter, right? They need food. They need clothing.
0: And all those parts of the, you know, do we do a good enough job with that plan? And then if we do a good enough job with that plan, do we test that part of the plan? You know, most of the, you know, I do a lot of emergency management live exercises, but never big on the ESS because frankly, who wants to evacuate to a location and sit there all day and it's a tough piece to take care of. And so I was thinking about that today as we talked about, you know, leadership and those things is how, you know, how do you test these plans? How do you test your mental health supports? How do you test your reception center, your lodging, your, like, you can think you're ready, but even in slave, Lake, time after time, after time, hundreds or even thousands of people would evacuate there and then have to move on from there to other places. And then we had to evacuate you know the whole area which is 10,000 people or so you know Fort McMurray it's uh you know I've already been hearing oh one of the largest uh air evacuations in Canadian history yeah. and it's like yeah but i mean the scope of it was Fort McMurray right 15,000 people got flown out 21,000 from the territories the just the size and scale imagine you're never mind you're not driving so now you don't even have your vehicle yeah. you go to the airport you load onto a plane and you're flying to maybe Edmonton, maybe Calgary, maybe somewhere else. You know, it started to get too full. And I heard they started taking people to Winnipeg and you're just like, what? Like, imagine the scale of the ESS stuff. Right. And
1: well, and I think that when you're in a situation like that, you, you know, you're losing control over everything in the situation. Right. You know, at least you can put your kids in a car. And, and you can drive and yeah. you can pick the sure way that, that right, yeah. you know, this is, you know what, you can't drive. The roads are blocked. You get yourself to an airport and we'll pick you up when we pick you up. That's as much information that you get. And there goes any control that you have on the situation, right? Which makes any human a little nervous. <laughs>
0: this isn't a, hey, is there going to be free booze and uh, good? Food on the flight. This is like when's the next time I'm going to eat? And how yeah, does that? Like you look, might right? be
1: sitting in the cargo bay, right? <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know, and you, and you just look at how fast it is. Then you kind of you know fast forward to, uh, you know, Kelowna. So West Kelowna's on fire. Kelowna's sitting across the lake, thinking, "Hey, this is probably going to be okay for us," right? You know, the middle of the night, all of a sudden, it's like it's not okay. Into the next day, it's not okay, and uh, so many flashbacks. And in these areas, right, it's kind of like being from high river and your town floods and you're like wow you know I never saw that coming even though my town's called high river not to that level or you just never think it's going to be to that scope so you know that there's a ton of people like they've had tons of fires and they've had buildings burned down and they've had close calls and but you know like it was just a few days after the 20th anniversary in Kelowna and, and they're doing it again right and so you start to think of like How much did you do or not do in that 20 years that you should have or didn't do to become ready? And then just the scope, right? So we talked about flying all those people and having the hotels and having the, you know, to me, I flash back always to the roads. You know, you tell 20,000 people in Kelowna, drive out of here. Anyone that's listening to this anywhere in the world, just so we're clear, driving on the main highway in Kelowna on any day at any time is a packed, crazy event. Now throw 20,000 people on there and tell them get gone. I just honestly can't imagine it.
1: It's interesting. And, you know, this is something that is funny that I'm going to say this, but until I go through it, I don't know how to make it better. But it's interesting that somebody hasn't tried to make an evacuation process easier, you know, and that's, it's depending on the incident and there's, how do you organize chaos when you have no control over these 20,000 people you just put in a car. But I think about it every time and I'm like, there's got to be a better way.
0: The jets. What is that? We need flying uh, cars. Yeah, that's it. Uh,
1: yeah. <laughs> put a jet pack on my back. That's the answer. <laughs>
0: yeah. And I think like it, it works on a small scale, right? We're going to put up the evacuation route if you're from this town, you go, on this road if you're but there's so many people that won't listen to that and they're like I don't like that road I know it's going to be too busy I'm going to take the back road now the back roads are packed and they're trying to dump onto the highway so that for the next 10 miles back screws up the highway because they got to get on there and
1: and that's the thing is right you can put out as much as you can put out you can't control every person that you put in that car, right?
0: And those ESS plans, you know, the comms plans that go with that. And right, it only works if people look at Twitter. It only works if people look at Instagram, Facebook. It only works if they sign up to the alerting system that they use, Voyant or, or Alert or like whatever. Even like the provincial
1: so. one, right? Like yeah. you can literally make that not come through.
0: One, and I think like the provincial one, we could all go back to the spring. And you're in a store, and 150 phones are going off every five minutes. It, it was too many alerts. It Six was too fast. Over. It was they lost right?
1: subscribers. Oh, There's and no way! People turned right? it off,
0: and people would go to bed at night and go like, "I just can't listen to this all night. I have to turn it off." And and so I'm not saying they did anything wrong because it was a fast moving situation, and they had to. I just think that no one really thought of the impact of having you know, 30 alerts a day go off on your phone. You know, those things are, to me, those are some memories now that I have from the spring, right? Those days that it got bad and you'd be like, you know, even when we got up to the events, we'd turn them off because you don't want to hear everyone else's event. Now you have to focus on this event, right? And you know, you got friends and family and, and people at all of those events and it just gets so tricky. Acres Emergency Vehicles, a message from our community. A person who is risking his or her life to save the lives and properties of others deserves something as reliable as an Acres Emergency Vehicle. This is our mission, to thank these people with the best gift we can, our best effort. Our commitment includes a firefighter-driven design, manufacturing integrity, personal and professional service. We are here to serve. We guarantee personal and professional service every step of the way. Acres Emergency Vehicles, built for a life of service. Please visit our website at www.acresev.ca. I was reading an article today about uh, the Lahaina, right? And they're lighting this guy up because he didn't set off the alarm system. And I honestly remember sitting in a room telling the people, I don't want a siren in Slave Lake. A siren doesn't tell you anything, right? All it tells you is something's wrong, but there's no messaging. And uh, no, no, we got to have it. We spent 125000 bucks. and guess what they took down last year? After a dozen years, they took down the siren because it's hard to maintain and it doesn't give out good messaging and not everyone could hear it. And all those things I said, which is, this isn't a I told you so thing. This is a learning thing for everyone to move forward. And I was laughing because I was like, if the guy sounded the sirens and people went to the hills and got killed he's an idiot. If he didn't sound them and people didn't get out, he's an idiot. It's that hero to zero, right? You change one letter. And I think that these plans are just, everyone's just write it all down. So it's black and white and I'll do it. Right. And that couldn't be farther from the truth.
1: Well, and it's crazy because we, like, I literally just spent a year working on this regional plan. I couldn't tell you if it works, <laughs> right? Like we haven't tested it. We, you know, it's everything that I've learned. It's everything that we've compiled from our neighbors, from everybody else who's been doing this job a whole lot longer than I have been. But luckily we have a live exercise coming up and we get to test some of those parts. But I mean, who's to say we even have the right information? It's always the lessons learned, the gaps to fill, the things we can do better, right? The after action reviews. It's It's all of that that I think keeps making emergency management better.
0: I think back to those lessons learned versus lessons observed, right? And I got to tell you, as I watch all these fires going in all these different places, there's so many lessons observed. Like I'm at the breaking point. I just want to shake some people and be like, get your head out of your ass and get to work, right? And it's not just government. I mean, obviously that's part of it. And that three-year cycle that we live on, right? But it's, you know, we'll spend billions of dollars when it's happening and after it's happening. And we won't spend a fraction of that to make sure it doesn't happen. And it's so political and it's so heated and it's so, and it doesn't matter. It could be municipal, it could be provincial, it could be federal. Like, you know, I'm talking about our country, other countries, you know, you see people are dying in Greece right now. And and so you just wonder when is someone going to pull their head out of their ass and figure out that 10% spent up front will save us the other 90% down the road and all the chaos and all the...
1: Yeah, bigger picture, for sure. I think it's hard because some of those people think they have the bigger picture, but who am I?
0: (laughs) Yeah, and it's the tricky part of being a politician too, right? I mean, your job's to decide things and these things all cost money, right? So someone comes to you and say, we got to spend a billion dollars if this happens, but if we spend a hundred million, it might not. And how do you quantify that? And I get that. But if this year, if there was every year in the 50 years I've been alive that proves we got to do prevention work, right? You know, I was talking to some folks from Cologne the other day and it was like, man, you should have seen the difference between the fire smarted areas and the non fire smarted areas. You should have seen the areas where people were prepared and knew what to do and what to take versus the places where like we'll never burn so we don't have to evacuate the houses that, uh, are impacted versus the ones that aren't, right? Did you read that article coming out of uh, Maui where that one house on this block Survived? No. They're calling it the little red house. And so they got a steel red roof. They pulled all the foliage, uh, all the plants away from their building. They put rock from the house out for three feet. And uh, they had the ocean, a road, an empty lot on three sides. So they only had a house on one side and it was pushed away. It wasn't three feet away like all the houses they build today and uh it's like yeah i mistakenly by accident you know did a bunch of things that actually probably saved our house and it's like so cool that they did those things so cool that people are noticing it so sad that they did it by accident and didn't even you know think of cuz i guess you're sitting on the ocean who thinks your house is going to burn down in a forest fire or a wildfire now they do but before right and so to me it's all those pieces right like you know fire smart has 5,000 subscribers on social media, that FireSmart should have 38,000 or million, sorry, our whole population subscribers on Instagram, right? You know, builders should be waking up And smelling the coffee here, right? Because I can tell you for sure, one thing I know for sure is that the insurance companies are going to be waking up soon saying, hey, if you're in a wildfire area, here's your extra premium or sorry, we're not even interested in doing your house unless it has all of these building materials.
1: Yeah, I don't. It's crazy. I think that that's up and coming. And it's actually interesting that you're talking about this because I think that you don't hear about it a lot of all the good things that are changing or, you know, those good pieces where it was good and fire smart and people knew what to do. And, you know, people thought that this was a good idea and it ended up saving their house. I think that community engagement is one of my favorite pieces of my job and one of the most difficult, just because I don't want to be the one to say it, but people think they know everything, right? You're good. That's never going to happen to me. That's never happened here before. I don't know what that alert system is for. It I, it just annoys me. There's I could go on forever of all of the reasons why, right? People don't care. And I know that it makes a difference when you do care, you know, and you have that knowledge that can help you in an instance. So It's cool to hear, but it's also a a never-ending battle. And, you know, you
0: watch the Maui videos, you watch the Kelowna and West Kelowna videos, you watch the chaos of the evacuations in Fort Smith and, and these places. And it's just like, you know, we could be more prepared, we could be more polished at this. And I must have heard so many times this year alone, you know, this is the biggest ember count in history, and this is the biggest fire in history, and this is the... And I get it for those locations, right? So Nova Scotia, it's you know, 16,000 hectares and that's big in Nova Scotia and it does isn't, but I mean, it's such a small fire in the actual scale of the world, right? And the ember transfer and it's kind of like living in Southern Alberta and every town thinks they're the fastest growing town in Canada because everybody says it. The ember counts that, you know, oh, I, I've never seen a fire go like that at night. Well, until a few years ago, nobody fought fires at night. So I bet you didn't because you weren't out there and you weren't looking at it, you know.
1: And and it's not like this hasn't been here before.
0: Well, and how many people are in an area where they really in their careers or in their lives have never seen a forest fire like that, never seen a fire burn down homes or county of Grand Prairie, Nova Scotia. There's places that are buried in the hard forest, like you're in the middle of the Boreal Forest and you get it and you get threatened. But there's a lot of places that aren't. You know, you talk about the Northwest Territories and and some of the tree sizes and, you know, the patches of rock and, you know, you're getting up there into areas that are cold and stay cold and, you know, a few feet down there's frost and it's just so different. And, you know, the battle continues. Is it, are we killing the planet? Is it climate change? Is it, I'll stick to my story, which is always the weather cycles. I've seen it now. I'm old enough that I've actually seen it lots of times, but uh you know, the swings are incredible.
1: Yeah. And, you know, uh, we're talking wildfire, but it's not even just that, right? Like we see it all over our planet with the ocean, right? Uh, With tornadoes, with new earthquakes, like it's happening, whether people want to watch it happen or ignore it.
0: We're sitting just this last week or weekend, we're sitting in Vegas at South Point Casino watching a big horse show. And, uh, you know, we're six beers deep and all of a sudden we're like flat out shaking. And, uh, you know, I look to my right, I looked to my left and everyone else is looking around and then it stops. And I was like, and what the heck was that? Like, did the <laughs> casino just collapse or, and my buddy who were visiting, is like, no, that's an earthquake. Like I've been here before when that happens. And, and I was like, what? I'm not prepared for that. I did not like that. Right. And
1: those ones are hard is like, what do you do? You, I had no idea. Yeah, right. It's not as easy as getting in your cart and going down the highway in the opposite way. I, flames, I had two more right? beers to set up yeah. my nerves and carried
0: on. But yeah, like I... And that worked good. What, what do I know about an earthquake? Hide underneath something. So the, I mean, I'm in a, a place where 20,000 people are. I don't know where the exits are. I don't. And then, yeah, we had, you know, the tornado down south here by car stairs. And I don't think anyone was prepared for that. Luckily, no one got killed, but, you know, some houses got torn down and it just the weather events keep getting crazier and more severe plow winds tornadoes uh, you know hail the size of tennis balls that you see and you know you talk to we're really close with a lot of people in nova scotia and i have a lot of friends out there And I don't know, it seems like every month they're getting punished with something, a winter storm, a summer storm, hail, rain, floods, fires. Like, I mean, if the locusts come, I'm freaking out. Like, I just don't know what to think. Right. And so you talk to them and, and they're trying to get ready and they're trying to stay on it. And, but I just don't know how, you know, the hundred year storm is monthly, you know, the hundred year fire is weekly
1: well, and it's hard to prepare when you literally have to try to prepare for every single thing possible. Right.
0: Yeah. Like out, out there, I mean, they got, how do you do hurricanes Yeah. Stuff, like, you know, and uh, it's one of those things where I said, like, next time they have a hurricane, I'm going out there. I got to see it with my own eyes and I'll help out while I'm there. And, and people are like, what are you dumb? And I'm like, no, they, I mean, they need the help too, right? They're they're tired out. Our friends out there that are in emergency management and firefighting and policing and ambulance are, I mean, they're tired out, right? They've had a beast of a 2023 yeah. um, and it's a long ways from over, it right? It is. So, uh, you know, it, it's when you go there, it's just crazy to. We were just in some of those areas having talks about wildfire and you're not wrong. Some of those areas, people were just like, yeah, I don't, I don't really know why they brought you out. This yeah. isn't a big thing for us. We don't really, you know, and again, I'm not trying to say I told you so. It's just weird how timing works, right? That I can't wait to get out there again and be like, man, what did you learn? What did you see? What did you, and, and everything like the floods, the storms, the fires, the it's crazy. And yes, it's a smaller province, but you know, if a big thing happens in a small province, it's still a big thing, right? It just means it's
1: almost harder to deal with.
0: like oh, And you kind of saw it go across the country, right? Ontario, Quebec. You know, we had it at the start. Now it's BC and, and Northwest Territories and the Yukon are all burning up. And you know, it used to be once every 10 years, something
1: would impact a town. Or like really bad in one province, right? Yeah.
0: Like... And everyone could come help, right? Yeah. Now it's like really bad all over the place, all the time you know, and it's every 10 days that something's being impacted, not, you know, or sometimes this year it was every 10 minutes something was being impacted. So it's, uh, all right. So here's the question and let's move on for those that are out there, right. They got the minimal plans. They got, uh, you know, little to no plan as far as evacuations or emergency planning. What, uh, give them some advice. This is, here you go. Listen up folks, free advice. Uh,
1: okay. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, like It's in your best interest to get out there and learn how you can be more prepared for yourself. Every individual is different, right? Uh, But you want to have those important things, if not put together, at least in a list that you have that you can grab and go through. There's a lot of important stuff that you might want to take with you that you might not think of. The other thing is just, you know, have a plan with your family. I think that's really important, right? Whether you meet up or how to get out of your house or uh, what the plan kind of after the initial plan is, know that there are services in place that can help you when you are in that situation, right? Lean on those people who are providing emergency social services to you there for a reason and they're usually pretty dang good at their jobs. I don't know. I don't know if I got a lot. It's good.
0: You got a lot, right? And I mean, we get those calls and I usually... Either hand it to you or hand it off to my friend Sue Henry at SEMA, who's kind of in charge of a pretty big emergency yeah. management agency in Calgary. But you know, you even see them get challenged. They're getting more calls and spread thinner. And although their staff is super experienced in working in an ECC and, and helping out here and there, there are people that have to leave their jobs to go do that too. They're kind of like uh, volunteer firefighters in that way. And so, you know, you just wonder how long you can keep all that up too. You know, communities. You know, you're five, six hundred people and you have to have the same plan as the city of Chestermere, the city of Calgary. Yes, we would have to deal with more people, but you still have to have the same plan. Right. What's your evacuation route? Where are they evacuating to? What's your comms plan? How Are you going to talk to everyone at a meeting together the other day? And a guy was talking about broadband. Right. It's like, well, we don't even have Internet. Wow. We don't even have great cell service. You don't think of that when you're living in a city or a town, but it's a real a real problem, right? How do we get a hold of all these folks?
1: Yeah, it is, you know, we see more of the new normal, right, coming into our communities. There's a lot more people that are coming in from other countries, right, that have different beliefs that we need to learn so we can provide for that are better, that, you know, are, are some of the, the new population that are, right, 55% of Chestermere are of different races. That's huge. And for emergency social services, like that is a new learning curve. And we need to be able to know what they need and know how to provide them, right? They're no different than any of us, but they have different beliefs set in place that make them eat different things and sleep in different places. And we need to be able to provide them their needs
0: speak a different language right yeah, like saying,
1: all of huh? these new things that is out of the box for us and for a lot of people this is a new thing that we
0: the guys come back from a call the other day and just gotta keep learning at the kitchen table talking about how an eight-year-old kid was translating for them at a medical call and i'm like Wow, that's a unique problem that I wasn't expecting. We
1: just had a conversation, right? And you're having an ESS day. And we decided that the forms should be printed in more than just English. Right, so now we have a box. That is not the thing that we we want to be doing when we're trying to figure out what you need. Right, yeah. we're not. <laughs> right, it's better for you to write down what you need and for us to figure that out than to be talking into our phones and taking turns. Or right, an eight year old shouldn't have to tell me about his grandmother's stroke that just happened in the bathroom. Right, yeah. so we need to have things in place that can can help us help everybody. Because I think everybody should be treated the same, especially when you just got everything taken away from you.
0: And not being able to communicate is huge, right? I I never thought of the writing down piece. I mean, that's cool. Or even having a computer that has the translate. I think back to when you were sending messages, you and your brother to your cousins in Denmark, and they were sending it and you're translating it and you guys were doing a response and then translating it in Danish. And they're like, oh, wow, your Danish is getting so good. And it's like, no, we're we're cheating like crazy,
1: (laughs) you know? But in the time of an emergency, is that the most effective way? Like, right? So are there other ways? Are there better ways? Google Translate. Totally. Yeah. It, what works, works. So... No, it's it's
0: all good pieces, right? We were uh, talking about that. We're starting to get ready for this big emergency management exercise. And it's like, okay, we got to get food. And even like getting food is not as easy as it used to be, right? And there's allergies. There's uh, different cultures that like different foods. That, and you... You have to be aware of all of that, right? And so <laughs> we're trying to figure out how can we accommodate everybody that uh, has allergies or different food things. And and it's tough. It's It's a lot to think about. Now, that's for 160 people that are going to be part of our live exercise. What about... If we had to do 16,000 people like they're doing right now or 20,000 people like they're doing in Kelowna and BC and when they're doing in uh, the Northwest Territories down in all of these provinces where everyone evacuated, right? And so it's tough. And then we started talking about all those other social pieces, right? What do I do with my dogs and cats? What do I do with my horses and cows? What do I do with my, you know, what my snake, my lizard, my spider, what my whatever, right? Because those are all real things that are part of this ESS and and what's going on. So anyways, crazy stuff. Lots to think about and talk about. So, the exercise is coming. We can't be too specific because this podcast will come out before the exercise. We'll do another one after how it went, let you all know. But, uh, yeah, so we have two live exercises and then a regional ECC we're going to run. Are you getting excited?
1: Yes. There's just, it's so close to actually happening and there's so much work that kind of needs to come together, but I do have faith in you (laughs) that you'll give me all my answers that I need before then. I think it's going to be awesome. I think it's, I'm really excited. I think it will be a good chance to really bring the partnership together and practice this entire program that we've been building. So don't let us fail. It's a, it's
0: (laughs) fail, don't fail. It's not really the, you know, what do we learn and and what do we put into place after is really the ticket, right? And there's, I mean, it's, we're all worried about failing or looking bad or any of those things. But it's, for me, it's not that. I've been through enough of them now that uh, uh, it's. We had a one in February where it was minus twenty eight, and a girl actually got hypothermia. That was a fail, right? Someone almost got hurt, and we did another one that was uh, over four hundred people from just under forty agencies for seventy two hours. You know, that was epic, and. You know, we finished it up with a big party and and all kinds of craziness. You know, I was exhausted for two weeks after that yeah. <laughs> happened. But uh, again, you know, we passed some, I guess, and we failed some, and but uh, just built us stronger. And it was easy in a place that has so many disasters, right? Yeah. Like when we were in the north, and you talked about emergency management, everyone just shut up and started listening, right? Because yeah. it was everyone knew it was a critical part of their job, and bad stuff was going to happen, and. It's different when you go other places, right? They don't really have, you know, quote unquote disasters and they don't happen very often and they don't know what to expect. So it's harder to get buy-in. And so these live exercises really start to push people into, hey, we, you know, we got to do better. We got to pay more attention. We got to know what's going on and there will be failures because that's how it works. Right. But we'll see those. We'll learn from them you know, next year or the year after, I guess, every second year, we'll we'll do better, right?
1: Yeah, I don't, like, even, I'm just so happy with, like, some of the turnouts with, like, training that we've done, and, you know, I think back to some of the courses that we did, even, like, early, early this year that didn't have, you know, very good turnout rate. And it was kind of like, a, I don't know how to keep going when nobody's listening. Right. The training session we had today that was all about emergency management that had 45 people show up like it's been crazy. It's been a ride. It's
0: just takes a few evacuations <laughs> and a few towns burning down.
1: It's uh, yeah. And I think that people are starting to understand. Right. They're seeing it all around you. Like if you're not paying attention to what's happening in our Country right now, let alone our whole world, then I mean, I maybe I don't even want you in my ECC. I don't know.
0: <laughs> His, what I learned about ECCs, yeah. they'll take whoever should, yeah. <laughs> and be happy to have them.
1: Yeah, man. I'm sure you are correct,
0: <laughs> but especially on the night shift. Shout yeah. out GP County
1: folks. <laughs> Yeah. It's just interesting to see the changes and the excitement that everybody is kind of progressing towards this big day to see what it's really all about.
0: Okay. So people know you, right? You've been around the country with uh, your mom and I and your brother lots, and you know they just want to know what's Sarah Coots' long-term goals. here. Here's your chance if you're looking at stuff or areas or oh. people or things you want to do, this is your chance, pump some tires and see what's out there.
1: I don't know. It's a big question. Um, it's a big world. Yeah, it is. I would love to just keep learning, just keep growing. I love where I'm at right now. I love the people that I have right now. It's a great opportunity to learn and grow. I think like... The big end goal is probably FEMA, which is just, I always say it Whoa, and I'm scared to say FEMA. it, but. Get to uh, the big show. Yeah. Like that would be crazy to be able to kind of go and do this in some places that not are more affected than us, but just differently affected. I think it would be cool to go in.
0: Maybe someday someone that. from the federal government of Canada will wake up, pull their head out of their ass. Woo! and You're develop uh,
1: big things right now the
0: canadian version of fema instead of having 20 people in an office in ottawa you
1: mean public safety canada <laughs> oh.
0: what <What's> that? <laughs> never heard of it you know, the provinces are doing different things at different levels for sure, but uh, I, I'd love to see the federal piece do a lot better, right? And again, who knows, right? This is... uh
1: For now, I'll just take their training and learn hit, from them. Right? It's fine. Yeah. It, it's good. I, <laughs>
0: yeah. I do that too. I'll jump online and take their free online courses. Like they got a good thing going there. They no do. question yeah. about it, so... It's all good. So you wouldn't give us the dream job. So it's just out there for people to use their imaginations and uh, it to keep it all going.
1: I think I'm like in the phase where I'm just trying to figure out um, like what I really strive in. When I was in school, I was like, oh my God, I love emergency social services. I do love it. I don't love creating it. <laughs> right. I learned that very quickly there. Right. Comms. Like I envy the people who can do that because... I can't very well. <laughs> yeah, there's some things, like I said, like community engagement. I would talk to people all day. I trained today. It was awesome. Like, I'm just trying to figure out where my niche is, maybe, in emergency management. One, and
0: maybe it takes a disaster or two to, to hit your stride. There. I, I always think, I wish I could remember his name, but there was one dude that uh, ran the comms stuff for Fort McMurray. And once he got it figured out and he got on Twitter, I think he did like 20,000 tweets during like two weeks or something crazy. And, and uh, you know, I just watched his Twitter for like two years. I watched the, the Twitter feed of uh, you know, the event and the, you know, getting everything back online and how it was going. And, you know, so you do see that there's impacts. There's people that make impacts that, you know, they're not the ones putting out the fire. They're not the ones running the check stop. They're not the ones checking you in at the ESS. There's other ways to make an impact and be a part of it. So, uh, Yeah. Thanks for joining me tonight. Thanks for talking about emergency management and uh, all the things that are going on in the world. And, you know, if we didn't give a shout out to your town or it's, there's just so many folks, we can't, we can't hit them all. Right. We're hoping for you all. We, We hope that it all works out. And we're always thinking about all the folks that are out there. You know, from the people being impacted, to the people running it, to the politicians that got to deal with it after. It's tough on everybody. There's no easy way to, to win or lose this one. You just got to take what you... What does uh, Jake Zacharias say? You get what you get and you don't get upset, right? You just got to take it and roll with it and uh, go from there.
1: Yeah, I. it's a lot of crazy stuff is happening. A lot of crazy stuff is going to keep happening, but there's lots to learn and lots to hopefully prevent or prepare for
0: (laughs) growing up fire season three episode 17 with sarah coots thanks for listening to growing up fire today follow me on instagram at chief coots to comment or send questions we appreciate your support